And he saw the killing? Sat right over there, Jack said and motioned toward a chair by the door. Tied and gagged, but not blindfolded. They didn't plug his ears, either. Hear and see was the name of their game. They wanted it to go down as nothing else but what it was. Punishment for sticky fingers. Bobby having played drug courier for quite some time. Our key witness remains a little vague on the specifics. Not that I can blame him. You can bet your ass he was promised a little something by way of retribution should he remember more than he was supposed to. How many in the goon squad? Two. Probably pros brought into and already out of our area. No one saw them enter or exit the building. No sign of a struggle. A silencer kept the noise down. The rope you can buy in any Seattle hardware store but was probably brought in from out of town, too. Descriptions? Business suits. Full head hoods. Gloves. Think that's good enough for an A1 all-points bulletin? Cord knew it wasn't. What exactly did they say? Cord asked. We've some people back at the station trying their damnedest to help Timmy Dean remember. I'm surprised the captain could spare anybody, Cord said facetiously. This reminds me. Congratulations on looking out on that hefty-bagged woman. Someone told me there's a similar M.O. in Portland. Right, Jack confirmed. Wasn't that just luck, too? Before the press had gotten wind of the latest corpse in Seattle, someone in Portland had remembered a similar case of a hefty-bagged corpse down there. Cord had been too busy to get all of the specifics, but some Portland housewife had apparently been killed and bagged before Seattle's dint slew killer had even dumped his first body. Anyway, the Portland woman and a girlfriend, still missing, had disappeared while grocery shopping. Neither had had a record of prostitution, not even the suburban variety, leading to the conclusion that the Seattle corpse, when identified, wasn't apt to be a whore either. Besides, the Seattle woman had been a long time dead compared to the ladies of the night being dropped off by the Dintzloo killer. And it was still the Dintzloo killings monopolizing the public's attention and the police's time. The baggy murders numbering an insignificant two by comparison, one of those in Portland, relegated to the back burner. After all, there was no reason to suspect the baggy killer was still in the area. From Portland to Seattle to God only knew where by now. The Dintzloo killer, on the other hand. Cord returned his attention to the case at hand. If he would have rather been back on the Dintzloo task force, or even investigating the baggy murders, he was stuck with the Horton Lendland killing and the Bobby Jordan murder, if related, for better or worse. What kind of drugs are we talking? he asked. Coke. Bobby's little friend said they'd been snorting a few lines of the misbegotten gains just before the execution went down. Found a couple of bags plus some grass in a dresser drawer. Both top quality. I would have given anything for ten minutes with him before they killed him. You figure this is tied with Horton Lenland's murder? Not exactly the same M.O., is it? Cord argued. Doesn't fit the way the lawyer and that other hustler bought it either. Wouldn't it wrap things up nicely, though, if that's Horton Lenland's killer right there, dead and gone? Jack asked, nodding toward the body being strapped to a gurney for transport to the morgue. 
Think of the taxpayer's money saved by your killer having been taken out by a couple of his own kind. Yeah, Court agreed. However, he didn't believe in miracles, especially that one.